Before we get started on the show this month, I want to take a moment to say that uh, Soundwriter has never asked for donations, and we don't plan to now. Our online magazine, podcast, and store are supported by our sponsors and the purchases you make online. With no International Motorcycle Show in the Pacific Northwest this year, it's going to be a tight one for all of us. No matter how big or small, your online purchase with us and support of our supporting sponsors goes a long way helping us all get through the colder months. Thanks for being part of While We're Still Here. And now, without further ado, the November 2016 Soundwriter Show. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible in part by Linwood Motoplex, your gateway to motorcycling adventure in the Pacific Northwest. Choose from brands like Indian, KTM, BMW, Kawasaki, Victory, Yamaha, Can-Am, and more. Family owned and operated for over 25 years. Linwood Motoplex is your one-stop shop for fun. This is Rob from Motofic Group. Welcome to the Soundwriter Show. Now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Writer Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Welcome, writers, to the November... 2016 edition of the Soundwriter Show, show number 1611. That's right. The show where we give thanks in honor of Thanksgiving coming up at the end of the month, right? Well, yeah. You got to grab her by the waddle. Yeah, you got to grab her by the waddle. Oh, I, think, I think that's a, a timely reference here. Also, yeah, give thanks that the election will be over at the end of this there month. You go. So we won't have to listen to that anymore. You can get back to important things like riding your motorcycle in the fall in the Pacific Northwest, right? Yes, exactly. And all the different ways you can ride your motorcycle. And if you're going to be out there riding now, or if you're going to start planning your rides for uh, the springtime, you should know that uh, here at Sound Rider, we want you to document some of those trips, because we've got uh, a nice uh, a nice contest coming up, Tom. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Well, the contest is on. It's been on since October. Right. We have a photo contest. This is something we do sort of every other year. And uh, you just send us your uh, photo, and we'll put it in the hopper with all the other ones, and then uh, we're going to go through them 1st of December yep. and uh, pick out some and then throw them up onto Facebook, and people can vote on them there. We'll be doing our own voting internally as well, and there will be some winners, $100 cash. Nice. Or a rally registration. Which would, that's better than cash. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I got, uh, what do you got? A, a $50 cash and a $25 cash, and then $100 worth of moto goodies on the People's Choice Award. But, you know, more important to that is bragging rights, of course, and the fact that you're going to be sharing it with people who actually want to see your motorcycle pictures as opposed to all your friends and coworkers who have no idea about motorcycling and you come back from your trip. And you break out your cell phone, and you're like, look at this, look at this, all the stuff I did. And they look at you with dead eyes because they're not motorcycle riders. And hopefully you took some good pictures. Yeah, which is that's the thing. <laughs> Now's a good time, right? Go back into the archive. You took all those great rides in the summertime. You might still have a few coming up, which you can, you know, give you a little bit of a strategic advantage. Now you can go out there and take some better pictures. But if you've got some great ones from the summertime, send them our way. Let's check them out. 
Oh, yeah, or last spring or last winter or whatever. So it goes back anything you shot in 2016 between now and then. Right. Now, do you have uh, some pictures of your own that you're going to put up there as sort of uh, guidelines or inspiration, or are you going to leave this all up to the people? Well, if you go online to the article, mm-hmm. um, there is a picture that I took this summer of a Saw that, uh, yep. SV-1000, I think it is, right. out on uh, Highway 14 with the, with the Columbia River in the background. Yeah. Gorgeous out there. Yeah, it was beautiful. I can't, you know, I know we just finished the rally not uh, just a couple of weeks ago, but I'm already looking forward to the next one. When you see pictures like that, it's just, it's just incredible down there. So it's one of my new go-to photo places. Yeah, well, you can't. I mean, it's you have to work to take to take a bad photograph down there. It really is just so picturesque. And you know, I I haven't done a rally now. What going on? Fifteen years. Yeah. Um, I know my way around down there, and I know my, my photo spots. Yeah. So um, I could go down there for a weekend if I can cobble up six people or so right? and uh, get up a whole new set of photographs to use with the websites and that sort of thing. Well, that might be something that we should uh, try and do collectively here at SoundRider maybe next spring, right? Get down there, do a little writing, and uh, take some nice photographs for the website and all our listeners slash readers out there. So you think I should do 100 photographs of you on a DR350? Well, I thought you might lend me your bike, or maybe we could borrow a few extra ones. But, uh, you know, at least 60 or 70 on the DR350, that's what the people are clamoring right. for. Yeah, yeah, everybody wants one. They want to see, uh, they want to see me on that bike uh, down in the Columbia River Gorge. It's inspirational. That's right, hashtag inspirational. And when we get down uh, further in the show here, we'll have a new idea for that DR350, but we're not going to talk about it right now. Uh-oh, we'll leave the uh, readers and uh, myself in suspense. I can't wait for that. But what else <laughs> is going on here around uh, the universe of the Pacific Northwest and motorcycling sound rider? Um, I know I saw in the issue here, uh, just for October, a pretty interesting article about the choices that we make. Yeah, written by Erica Turnbull yeah. of, uh, I think she's the founder of the Rainier Ravens. Right, sure. And um, in the Rainier Ravens, is that a uh, an all an all female motorcycling group here in uh, in the Seattle area? Yeah, but yeah. I've seen pictures where where there's guys in the pictures, so I don't know. I I don't think they're members, but they're hanging out with I their gotcha. friends. But the idea, I think, is to probably promote more female ridership and that kind of thing. Oh yes. Right. Yes, and and it's 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 happening. Sure, right. <laughs> Which is great, you know. I mean, we want to see as many people as possible out there riding uh, riding motorcycles. But the article, uh, it got a lot of it got a lot of traction on Facebook. It's got a lot of popularity, and it's very interesting, very well written. Um, you know, there was a couple of things. I guess we should probably recap it a little bit in case anybody hasn't had a chance to read it a little bit. We'll but- leave it up. Yeah, in November. Sure, it'll be up in November too, yeah. of course. But it is November. We left it up. <laughs> we left it up. <laughs> the uh, but kind of to, to go back through what Erica had written about is how she got into motorcycling, um, and prior to her sort of first taking two two wheels, uh, she actually hit a motorcycle rider in her four wheel vehicle, and yeah. that kind of was the genesis for her um, career in motorcycling. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting, and 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 it was an interesting read. And like I say, uh, we've left it up for everybody to read in November as well. Sure. One of the takeaways for that was uh, kind of the all gear all the time mentality for her, mm-hmm. being having been on the other side of that, driving the car, hitting the motorcyclist who was actually in full. He gear. He was fully geared up, right? Yeah. And uh, he ended up being. I, don't, I can't remember if there was any uh, minor injuries or not, but overall he was in fairly good condition. I think she describes it. It. He, 
maybe, I don't know, it was just a case where he broke a finger or something. Yeah, something relatively yeah, but, minor but, anyway. But he, he was taken away in an ambulance. Yeah, so. sir, well, that would be, I think, the appropriate protocol anytime you get uh, hit by a car, whether you're on a motorcycle or on foot. Um, probably good to go to the hospital and get checked out. But a great read, uh, very, very well written, and uh, certainly one of those things that uh, kind of puts it into perspective. You know, sometimes we get out there and we think, oh, well, I wear the proper safety gear and I'm, you know, I've got my head on a swivel and I'm a good rider, but, you know, sometimes sometimes things happen, so it's good to be out there in full gear all the time. Yeah. So uh, another uh, thing that, that came to mind today was, um, you know, I was working on putting stuff in the calendar for Soundwriter. Sure. And, of course, we, we want to encourage the dealers to put things into the calendars because you can't rely on us to put everything in because yeah. we don't know what's going on. Right. But one of the ways we find out what's going on is we go to a dealer's website and look at their calendar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know about you. As a motorcyclist, I'd still like to have inspiration to go out to a shop and probably put some money down and buy yeah. something right now. I know you know, there's a lot of good sales going on because it's end of year, so there's a lot of closeouts on gear. Sure. And uh, I want to see that. I want to see somebody having an awesome sale in October, November, December. Well, you really do still have to uh, you still have to get the information in front of people, right? I mean, more so in the cold weather months than in the summertime months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what was odd was that most shops had pretty blank slates for November. Right. Didn't even, you know, I mean, it, you know, you know that somebody's at least breathing there when they put in uh, clothes for Thanksgiving. Yeah. At least somebody's doing right, something. keeping their personal calendar up to date. Anyway. But if the whole slate is blank, and uh, then uh, then uh, you know, I I I I think I'm going to start a whole new business. I'm just going to shut this all down. Right. And I'm just going to start a whole new marketing, <laughs> babysitting business. Yeah. And uh, do do uh, you know independent work for five dealers. And that'll keep me busy 100% of the time, and I won't have to worry about Soundrider. Well, I think we'd like to weave that in with Soundrider because I think that's one of the great uh, services that Soundrider offers, you know. And really, that's for both ends, too. Obviously, you know, our primary goal is to provide uh, entertaining content for motorcycle riders here in the Pacific Northwest. But we really do want to see local dealers succeed. That's one of the things that we talk about behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, we want to see them really put, put events on their calendar. We want to see them having events in the fall and the winter. Uh, we want them putting their events on our calendar right. so that our readers can see a lot of different things together and make choices. Absolutely. And uh, so when we get to the calendar, it's going to be uh, kind of an interesting read-through, but we'll uh, we'll take a break here right now. And uh, when we come back, we're going to do the news bites. On the November Soundwriter Show. Stick around. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by... South Sound Honda, serving the South Puget Sound region for more than five decades. South Sound Honda, located in Olympia, is your destination for fun. Hi, this is Misty from Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Hi, my name is Alan Ayers uh, from White Center, Washington. Uh, one of my favorite rides that we do quite often is go up through Greenwater over the Natchez Trail, come out over in Yakima. Uh, I do it on my Honda NC700X. Uh, not many people do it on that bike, and I get some strange looks, but it works great.
Mass Studio on this November episode of the Sound Rider Show. Get into news bites here and talk about all the latest and greatest in the world of motorcycling here in the Pacific Northwest. And let's get started with uh, maybe, arguably, the most popular brand of motorcycle here in the Pacific Northwest, BMW. What's going on with BMW, Tom, that the people should know about? I thought Honda was the most popular one. Well, I think locally, locally, as in like within this 10-foot radius here, I think they might be the most popular. But don't you think – well, I guess maybe numbers-wise. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of uh, Hondas that go back to the 70s. But there's a lot of BMWs here in the uh, Pacific Northwest, not just a lot of GS1200s but F800s and you know the sport touring bikes, everything you can think of, K1300s. So, but, so um – 2017 is going to be the 100th anniversary right. of BMW. And um, the word is that you're seeing them talk about some new models that are going to come out. Mm-hmm. fact is it didn't have any new models in 2016. Right. And uh, the 310, which a lot of people are waiting on, uh, never surfaced. Materialized, sure. So um, just to mark the 17th anniversary, BMW is coming to market with – not one, not two, not three, but ten, ten new models. Now, when they say, when they say new models, though, is this going to be? I mean, is this a liberal usage of that? Are we talking about you know similar frames, but maybe some yeah, know, like, like different graphics or page? Ups? Well, different graphics or one's a standard in quotation marks, and one's an adventure bike because you put knobby tires on it. Or are we talking about ten new models? I mean, what are your what are your thoughts? I, I don't have the details on okay. every model. I mean, that bagger thing that's that's right. absolutely all new. We saw that yeah. down in in Portland, and and we scratched our heads and said, what? Yeah, that's not sort of in the lineage of uh, BMW there, but I, I mean, well, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. They've tried the the cruiser touring market before yeah. when they came out with the R1200Cs and right. the Montox and all the different configurations of that bike, Sure, which I thought it was actually a pretty cool bike, but um, they kind of got laughed at every year they put them out. Well, there's no question that BMW makes great motorcycles, but I, I guess people are very loyal to the brand types that they will ride per manufacturer, and I don't know if Cruiser is the right fit, but I guess you have to, as a big company like that, you have to always look to increase your market share, and people still ride Cruisers, so. And how would you like to be in the marketing department right now at BMW? Well, if I was in the marketing department, I would say, listen, there is this website in Seattle, uh, it's called Soundrider. Hey, there you go. We need to dump as much money as possible in there. That's (laughs) right. No, that's but I don't. Right. I think that's a that's a continual challenge, right? I mean, really, it'd be one hell of a year, right? <laughs> one heck of a ride. Yeah, it would be a. Uh, it would certainly be that. But it is a challenge, right? Because we uh we always talk about, you know, what's the next stage in motorcycling? Here, there's a lot of changes in technology. There's a lot of changes in ideology as far as younger riders are concerned. There's more concern for safety. There's more concern for, uh, you know, reliability. And we're starting to see certainly a cultural shift. I mean, I'd, what, are, what are the uh, big companies like BMW going to do? And maybe rolling out 10 models each year is going to be the answer. Okay, so, you yeah. know, BMW has this thing about li- liking to put they, – they like putting lots of computer chips in their bikes. They do. So if you have 10 new models, yeah. each with its own set of 10 new computer chips yep. – what do you think the recall numbers are going to be at the end of 2017 on these new models? You know, I that's a that's a great question. Um, I guess the automatic updates. Do they do that with motorcycles now? Where you're just plugged into the cloud and your uh, your computer chips just uh, 
I think themselves. that that is probably happening on some of the bikes, like like uh, I don't know, maybe the Harley GPS models or something. Sure. Well, yeah, so some of them you could send firmware updates to, or you'd have to, you're going to get a recall. If it needs a firmware update, they're going to recall it. They're yeah. not going to expect that your bike sat in the garage and picked it up off the cloud. Right. Which is, I mean, which is the way that it should be, I, I suppose. But with 10 bikes, you're right. That's a. 10 new bikes, that's an awful lot of liability going on if you have a whole lot of recalls right and then what's the customer perception going to be in 2018 of the company if they recalled six of their 10 new bikes well there seems to be some diehard loyalty there so maybe they're figuring that they've got some uh, clout that they can play with um i don't know i mean that's that whole computer chip thing certainly it adds a certain element to it when it works right but you know but I don't. My and bike. When it doesn't work, right? Yeah, my bike, bike doesn't, doesn't have. Start. That's it. My bike doesn't have computer chips. If it does, I think it's a model made by Alan Turing, closer I, to an Abacus. I tell you, on, a, on, a, on, on any bike with all that stuff, I want to be able to throw a couple switches, knock the computers out, and be able to start the bike. Yeah. I, I, I just uh, are we ever gonna are we gonna get to a point in the next couple of years though where really there's just like a uh, a micro USB where you just literally dock your phone on it and it. Uh, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can turn the chips on and off. You can update from the cloud. I mean, we have to. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's all going to be happening. There's going to be an integration here, right? Yeah, and then yeah. and then you'll be the one. Your your motorcycle will be the one that's doing the um, denial of service attacks, right? <laughs> on this East Coast server company that that's owns it. all the ISP yeah. data. They're going down the uh, Mary Hill Loops Road on the uh, downhill side, and uh, your brakes will be. DDoS, and you'll be out of luck. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, what if you get denial of service to your bike while you're in the middle of uh, getting a firmware download? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. There, are some, uh, there are some challenges there. I mean, I don't think that's what we need to be concerned about. The, the bigger concern is, and this is maybe a little bit of an old-school mentality, is just, especially on adventure touring bikes, if you're going to be out there, you want to be able to fix 90% of anything that goes wrong. I mean, outside of you know catastrophic, you know, bending your rim or something like that, you want to be able to break out your toolkit and get it back up and running, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll and see. you know, I think everybody in their earthquake preparedness kit at home should have a carbureted dirt bike. That is that's my entire kit. <laughs> <laughs> is the uh, the DR three fifty? That's the entire kit there. So I've uh, I have a bottle of water in the DR three fifty. There's an earthquake. Uh, you know, he flagged me down because I can take one passenger with me. Yeah, <laughs> one light, one lightweight passenger, you know, preferably between the ages of twenty and twenty-five. Well, uh, you know, truth be told, I hope it's a great year for BMW in yeah. twenty seventeen. I hope they sell a lot of bikes. I hope that there's some good marketing that goes on nationally as well as locally. And uh, I know where to find seventy thousand riders a month. Yeah. So you know, yeah, throw some over here. Right. But um, but we do want to see it be good for everybody. And uh, obviously, we've had support along the way through the years from BMW shops, and we appreciate all that. And uh, anyways, yeah. I just you know, some of these are going to be hits for sure. I mean, if if they don't sell a lot, but I mean, design wise and that kind of thing, some of them are really I think going to stand. Well, out. that little three ten will be a hit for a number of reasons. Yeah. It's it's right in the pocket for somebody who wants a, a little small around town bike. Sure, uh, it'll go down the freeway. Yeah, absolutely, and it'll also be useful as a uh, instruction bike for the motorcycle safety different different uh, contractors. And uh, I understand there is going to be.
be a leasing program for them to bite into if they want to get six or ten of them for the range. Which is great because the 310 is not only a great instructional bike, but it's a great first uh, you know, first or second year bike, too. That's something that someone can try out at the range and then purchase and use that for the first you know, one or two years or beyond that of their motorcycling career and still grow with it, too. So, yeah. Or... Let's say that uh, you just know you're going to be heading down to Central and South America, and you just want a light bike that you can pick up. Yeah, So maybe exactly. you get something that's Throw some giant loop gear on it and yeah. go. And uh, you go in the mold of, uh, say, one Keith Ty, who has just written a book, right, about riding from the Pacific Northwest down to Chile. That's right. So Keith Ty, who um, uh, owns South Sound Motorcycles and uh, former owner of Ride West BMW along with his wife Ann. Right. Uh back in 1963 rode a motorcycle down to uh Chile. Chile, yeah. And wrote a book about it called Moto Raid. It's a really good read. If you're looking for a good read this winter, get a copy of Moto Raid. Um but This was 1963. In 63. Wow, I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. That's an entirely different world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he may be the first documented writer, he and the person that he rode with, uh, they may be the first documented writers to have gone from the Pacific Northwest down to Chile. It's basically you know, transcontinental American yeah. trip. So uh, we're, we're, we're looking up the history on that right now. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a fascinating read. And uh, certainly, I mean, like I said, 1963, that's really just an entirely different world. Now it's become – you know, what relatively common. Well, I don't know how common it is, but at least the information is out there. You see a lot of people documenting. Well, and so, so to retrace his route, which he did yeah. in 2013 uh, as sort of the 50th anniversary, right? Um, they went down, and most of the dirt roads that they had been on 50 years ago were now paved. Yeah. So that's a, a big change on that. But so he wrote a book about the the uh, anniversary ride. Sure. And he's in the process of um, putting together that book, putting together a hardcover version of that book, and putting together a, a, a reissue of the Motor Raid book with new photos. Oh, nice. And it's going to be all in color instead of black and white. Oh, very interesting. So two questions for you based on that is, one, would you ever have any interest of uh, taking a ride like that yourself? And uh, two, if you were going to, which motorcycle, modern-day motorcycle, would you take? I would I would do that trip. Um, somebody want to take over the company for six months and I'll go <laughs> do it? Um, yeah. I would. And uh, I would take my NC700X. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's light, it's nimble. Um, I mean, it's 500 pounds, but it's still... You know, it's not 800 or sure. 700. So maybe put some uh, knobby tires on it, or do you think you – got the knobby tires on it right now? on it right now, sure. Yeah. So you do that over the uh, the 88 um, – what is that? Uh, the 600, the Honda that you have. Your the, dual, your, the, the silver wing scooter? No, no, your dual sport. What oh, my 650, the yeah. NX650. The NX650. You take the uh, uh, NC700 No, since, since it's mostly paved, yeah. I would take the NX700. Okay. Yeah, a little more comfortable or ride. The NC700X, excuse yeah. me. A little more comfortable rides and better storage, maybe, and that kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, so. way more storage. Sure. Um, although those boxes have to come off at night because that's still kind of an issue down through Central America. You want to lock everything up. Yeah, sure. Well, I so. mean, you can make that case for uh, a lot of places, right, where you don't feel <laughs> comfortable. You can make that case for uh, Aurora just uh, right outside here of uh, our home base in Seattle. Yeah, you want to get your motorcycle stolen, just park it on Aurora and don't lock the <laughs> steering. Uh, that's true. Well, that'd be a great trip. Certainly something that I uh, I hope to have the chance to uh, to do that sort of transcontinental one 
one of these days anyway. Hey, so here's a little news bite that went by. Yeah. It was uh, Connie's birthday in October. October. Happy birthday, Connie. Happy birthday, Connie. And she's only 26 in dyslexic years. That's right. So happy birthday, Connie. <laughs> well, Connie, of course, does a lot to contribute to Soundwriter at large, but is also a huge, huge driving force for the Rally in the Gorge each year. So a uh, somewhat belated happy birthday to Connie, although I did see the uh, Facebook post, and uh, Connie, you were in my heart on that day. So even though I didn't actually wish you a happy birthday then. She's wiping the tears from her eyes. Good. Right? Yeah. Why you talk like that. Tears of joy. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, outside of uh, birthdays, um, there's also some stuff going on here in Washington on uh, State Route 20. So they did a big review on State Route 20, took a look at all the accident data for motorcyclists over, I think it was the last five years. Yeah. And uh, I read through the entire article, and you can link to this off of our uh, News Bites page or off of our Twitter feed. Sure. And uh, basically, when I got done reading the article, did you read it? Uh, I didn't have a chance to read this one. What uh, I got from it was they're just going to put some new signage up. Right. Not going to change the the roads, widen any corners or anything like that. Just going to put up some chevrons up on some of the tighter turns and wider. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and the feedback from people is like, you know, if you don't know how to ride a motorcycle, don't ride up there. Well, hey, it's a public road, and uh, yeah, I agree. People need to know how to ride a motorcycle better than they do because those are the people typically that are crashing. I recommend that even on straight line highways that you uh, know how to ride your motorcycle better, right? I mean, it's always a good suggestion. I think that's uh, a little bit of uh, tautology there, but um, so I mean, what are we going to see? I mean, like. 20 mile an hour curves. I mean, we don't we don't really know. We're, uh, we're going to see more chevrons. Okay. You know what chevrons are? I don't. My okay. Gas you know, station. you know, you know chevron gas station? Yes. That's a chevron. Okay. Okay. Now turn that 90 degrees. Okay. And paint it yellow and black. I got gotcha. you. Make the chevrons black. Right. And then just put a bunch of those up on the on the corner up by Liberty Bell. Okay. Washington Pass. And uh and uh, also down around the dam areas. Um, well, that's, that's, that's what they're saying for sure they're going to do. Just more signage. Okay. Well, tax dollars at work. So. Tis the season for that right here in November. I think they'll put it up next year. Oh, all right. Well, look forward to that next year. We'll have a huge uh, feature article about that. About oh, yeah. yeah. It'll be, it'll be a 1,500-word article yeah, about right. planning chevrons in the highway. And we might even do a special episode of the podcast here to talk <laughs> specifically about... <laughs> interview the head of VADOT. Each and every sign out there. All righty. Always exciting times here in the Pacific Northwest. So let's take a little break, and when we come back, we got some calendar information for November. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible in part by Skagit Power Sports, where you'll find one of the largest selections of new and used motorcycles, apparel, and gear in the North Sound. Skagit Power Sports provides a relaxed atmosphere and no-pressure sales staff to get you into your next bike simply and quickly. And that's why they are consistently voted the top dealer in the Pacific Northwest by SoundRiders year after year. Visit them in Burlington today or find them online at SkagitPowerSports.com. Hello, this is Harold Olaf Cecil from Giant Loop, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Hello, my name is Don Harvey, and I'm from Preston, Washington. And totally unrehearsed, one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest, a day ride, let's say, is on the Olympic Peninsula, the High Steel Bridge, and up over the pass to Lake Wyanuchi, and just make a nice loop and a good day of it. One of my favorite places to go if I have a nice weekend in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) 
All right, we are back on the Soundwriter Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. Derek Roberts is here with me. And uh, that track that you just heard is something new that we got from our friend Richard Blair, who provides most of the music to the show. I can't tell you how much that adds. I mean, sometimes, you know, I go back and I listen to certain sections of the show, and I've actually found myself, uh, and maybe I'm alone in this, but humming the Soundwriter Show theme song. Well, I, I I told Richie the other day. I said, you know, your, your guitar solos just put a grin across my face. Yeah. Sometimes it just sounds so nice. So, uh, another great great bit of work from Richard. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it, and it's so crazy to think too. And this is a little bit off topic here, but there's just there's talented guys like that just hiding in the pockets of society, and then we get uh, the pop music that we get here on a day-to-day basis. It sometimes just makes you shake your head. But uh, Yeah, and the good thing about the Soundwriter Show is we can spoon-feed you Richard Blair. That's right. So, <laughs> rather than getting you spoon-fed with Elvis Costello and all the hit makers. Right. Well, thanks to Richard for that, but uh, why don't you spoon-feed us here some calendar items, Tom, okay, and let so, us know what's going on. So let me tell you what's going on with the calendar, yeah. first of all. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show uh, the lack of marketing at dealers and um, – and uh, so I started – I looked at our calendar. Of course, we didn't have that much because nobody's yeah. posting there. And, and frankly, I mean, there isn't a lot of stuff that goes on in November. But uh, I did my digging. And, you know, we did a show maybe a year ago where you asked me a question about, you know, uh, having more Harley content. Yeah. So I thought, well, just for the fun of it and to, to make you happy. Right. Because I always want to make you happy. Well, it's good to know now, of course. So. <laughs> right. Especially coming um, into the holiday season. I've populated our on-the-air version yeah. with a lot of events at Harley-Davidson shops. Well, that is you know, one thing to give, certainly to give credit to the Harley community, is there is a lot of cruiser-focused, Harley-Davidson-focused events. That's one thing that they do very well as far as getting their riders together and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm still seeing those blank pages out there, but yeah, but yeah I was able to cobble together a few things here. So, awesome. Let's so as we go through the calendar, you're going to notice that it's heavy on the Harley side. Sure. But there's other cool stuff, too. Excellent. All right, uh, Friday, November 4th, Ladies' Garage Party at Northwest Harley-Davidson. Cool. I don't know. They have a special garage there just for ladies? Just for ladies, yep. That's huh. the... Uh, <laughs> That is, uh, where's that, Northwest Harley-Davidson? That's down in Olympia. And that's down in Olympia there. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, it'll be a good one to check out, I think. Well, these ladies' night things are always fun. Uh, you, you know, if you're a guy, you better check and make sure you can get in the door, because sometimes you can't. Yeah. And sometimes these things don't start until late at night. I don't know exactly know. There wasn't much information on the calendar about when it started and that sort of thing. So if you think you want to go, you better check ahead and see when it's going to be starting. Probably up. a good suggestion, especially in this fall weather. You don't want to ride down there for nothing, so... Now, here's another one. On uh, Saturday the 5th, an event called Shop and Pop at Destination Harley-Davidson. Shop and Pop. Now, what is that? Well, that's what I said, too. So okay. I went and, and I popped open the details on the calendar. Right. And it said, uh, this is always a great event. You better get in here. Well, that's what it said. With information like that, how can I turn that down? So uh, I need more information as a consumer. Sure. It'd be nice know? to have a little more info there. But maybe – now, where is this located at again? This is down – Okay, in, so this Destination Harley-Davidson right. down in Tacoma. Okay. So that'll be Saturday the 5th. So you can pop on down there. And then uh, on Saturday the 12th, there's a wine dinner. Oh, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. That was a Seattle dining show. Right. <laughs> uh, on Saturday the 12th, there is a movie showing of an event called The Air Above, a Himalayan adventure. This will be up at Best Dress Products in uh, Montlake Terrace, Washington, just north of Seattle. 
And uh, it's going to be in the shop. I guess David sets up a whole lot of chairs, and everybody can sit down. And it's a uh, it's it's a BYOB, right? Yeah, yeah, I just noticed that. And this is the first that I've heard about uh, a Himalayan uh, motorcycle adventure. The Air Above is the name of the documentary here. But uh, it sounds very interesting. I mean, seven Americans and British most motorcyclists as they ride more than one thousand three hundred and fifty miles from New Delhi, India, into the Tibetan Buddhist region of the Himalayas. Um, so that's the first I've heard of it, but it sounds like it'd probably Where's be a pretty good BMW watch. shop there? Uh, that's an excellent question. I think uh, as part of their new rollout with 10 models, they're going to open up a dealership somewhere in between New Delhi and the, uh, the <laughs> Between Tibetan. the New Delhi and the Old Delhi? Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the Buddhists are known for their love for uh, BMW motorcycles. So, Yeah, and that's the other thing. You get, you get a lot of red meat at the deli, don't you? I, th- I thought that wasn't popular in India. I don't think. Yeah, I think that's uh, against custom there. But uh, you know, that's uh, when you're on that trip. That's BYOM. You bring your own meat. You don't uh, expect yeah. to get that at the New Delhi or the Old Delhi, as it may be. BYOC. Bring your own cow. <laughs> right. <laughs> All know, right. But they have a hell of a paneer set up for that. Now, on also on Saturday, November twelfth. Uh, there's quite a few Veterans Day events going on. Sure. So what I'm going to do is encourage you to, uh, if you're a dealer, make sure you put it on our calendar. Yep. If you're a reader, uh, make sure you go and check some of your local dealers' websites and see if they have something going on. Because uh, if you're a veteran, you can get some really good deals at some shops. I know in the past, yeah. uh, people like uh, Southbound Honda, people like Henshaw's Motorsports, uh, some of the Harley shops, they offer really deep discounts to veterans on that day. So I would say if you're looking to buy, whether it's gear or a bike, yep. take advantage. Lots of veteran riders, too. So you know, get out there in mass and uh, show your support to those local dealers, show your support to the troops if uh, that's something that you're into, and uh, get out there and ride a little bit. Also on Saturday the 12th, uh, in the evening, ladies' night at Sound Harley-Davidson up in Smoky Point. Another ladies' night event in November here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're seeing a lot of that going on, I guess. So sounds like uh, another one where you might want to call ahead and see if you are able to get in there as a uh, gentleman rider. And I guess if you're a lady, you could get in there and get some gear for your guy at a good price yeah. for Christmas. There you go. They only – they don't – discount exclusively just ladies gear versus uh men's gear i don't know yeah i don't know now if you want to get some ladies gear cheap too i know up at skagit power sports they've got all their ladies gear is uh well it was in october 20 percent off and yeah. i think that uh, that still may be the case this month but you'd have to go check you know, insider's tip one that you can only get on the sound writer show that's right we are here to educate that's right <laughs> all right now this is a cool event coming up Uh, Friday and Saturday, November 18th and 19th, it's going to be the Land Speed Expo at Skagit Power Sports. And this is a two-day event. They're going to have a half a dozen Land Speed racers on the floor. Nice. They're going to have a screening of the movie Out of Nothing, which you can't. You can't get it anywhere. Right. You can't watch it on Netflix. You can't. You can't download it from uh, you know iTunes or anything. Um, so the only time, chance you're going to get to see this movie is then. 
and that will be on Friday night. On Saturday, they're going to have some of the, the uh, high-performance type vendors in that provide gear and, and parts to these bikes. Uh, they'll have a lot of the racers in the store to cool. answer Q&A, and they'll actually do a Q&A session at the end of the day on Saturday. So if you think you want to get into land speed racing, whether you want to be a racer, whether you want to own a bike, right. whether you want to be on the team that supports the racer, uh, this is your chance to find out more about this. And like I say, the, all, all these bikes, they, they've all raced on uh, Bonneville Salt Flats. And uh, we have a couple of really good teams up here in the Pacific Northwest that just don't get a lot of publicity. Now, is there any truth uh, to the rumor that one lucky raffle winner will get to take one of these land speed racers on I-90, or is that all just speculation? Uh, that's not true. <laughs> Liar! Usually, though, this, I mean, all this stuff takes place down at the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah. Is that right? That's yeah. kind of where the base of this is. Yep. Um, any interest in land speed racing yourself there? Uh, no. No, I've, I've been down to the salt flats when yeah. they weren't racing. They, they were still prepping. Sure, and uh, and I've I've, I've I, you know I've gotten up close and looked at it, and uh, but I, I don't I don't know. It gets kind of hot out there. It definitely gets hot out really there. Really super bright. You got to wear your glacier glasses all the time. Well, it's true. Off of that uh, dried uh, salt bed, there the reflections are pretty intense. It's like being on snow. Yeah, and that's it's probably really good for your skin. Get all that salt on your skin, kind of brine yourself up real nice for fall. Yeah. Well, I like to brine myself, you know, nice and heavy before I go into the fall season there. That's something we always suggest. Uh, but sounds like a good time, though, and really some interesting technology, some interesting personalities. And, of course, uh, always a great stop down at Skagit. So head up there if you're in the region. All right. Um, let's see. On the 19th Saturday down at Destination Harley-Davidson, they have a helmet exchange program. Unfortunately, I can't tell you anything more about it because there wasn't anything on the website that told me more. But I think what it means is you can bring your helmet in. They'll give you some kind of a discount when you buy a new helmet. It's like a core exchange with an old engine or something like that. Yeah, I hope it's not like, hey, buddy, you want my helmet? I want yours. I hope that's not going on. Well, that is, though, it does bring up an important point about uh, sort of keeping uh, tabs of how old your helmet is Mm -hmm. and uh, making sure that it is in, you know, good condition because even things like dropping it can damage the helmet uh certainly age can damage smog. the helmet. smog really air quality interesting how yeah. does that can kind of deteriorate it the, can uh, cause the styrofoam to uh harden up well you know if you, if you see these pictures where they cut helmets in half and that kind of stuff it's pretty amazing just sort of how simple the technology is yeah maybe we go down and get one of the old helmets and yeah. take it up here and cut it in half and we'll get we'll get a similar new helmet and right. then we could compare the two see, you this- pay for the new helmet and i'll pay for the old one <laughs> see this is perfect for the uh sound rider mythbuster show that i'm always pitching here we need to do yeah. that we get all that stuff and we can test it all out and chop it up and uh inform the good readers and listeners of sound rider just what their gear is doing out there Exactly. Yeah. All right. Then uh, Thursday, November 24th, nothing is happening because it's Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. It's a day when many turkeys will die. Many turkeys or will they'll die. They'll already be dead, but they'll get to your table and then you will eat them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, some people, I guess, may do it on the day there if you want it <laughs> as fresh as possible. But certainly to all of our listeners, a uh, happy Thanksgiving here in November. And still, you know, we get every once in a while, you get a dry day. So don't. Uh, you know, don't look past riding on that day. Sometimes you need to get away from the family. And by the way, Derek and I really like pumpkin cheesecake. So if you feel like you want to help That's us right. celebrate our Thanksgiving, you can send us over a chuck and nut cheesecake. Yeah. 
the, the of the pumpkin variety. We yes. like them. Yeah, don't be a turkey. Send us a pumpkin <clears throat> cheesecake. On uh, Friday, November 25th, mm-hmm. Black Friday. Right. So, uh, again, head out to your local dealer's websites and see what's going on. If you don't say anything on your counter, call them up. Ask yep. them. If you're looking for some good deals, then uh, do your homework because they're not doing it right now. And uh, let's, uh, let's see everybody happy and, and making it through winter. And this is a great day not just to buy for uh, other motorcyclists in your life, but to buy for yourself. I always like to remind people that during the holiday season, it's not just about other people. It's also about you. Yeah. Right? So get it's out there. It's always about me. <laughs> get out there. Get some new gear. Uh, if you don't have any luck at the Helmet Exchange, then you can buy a new one on Black Friday. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about 10 things to do this winter. Only on the Sound Rider Show. Stick around. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in Issaquah, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from. Whether you're shopping for a used sport bike, cruiser, dual sport, sport touring, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Hey, this is Benny with Langlet's Leathers, and you're listening to the Soundwriters Show. Hi, I'm Tim. I live in Burien, and a few of my favorite rides in the state of Washington are uh, probably number one is Washington 20. Uh, it's just a nice scenic trip, like traveling through the Alps, and right behind that would be uh, Lolo Pass uh, on the pavement, or if you're really adventuresome, take the uh, Lolo Motorway uh, or the Magruder Corridor to go east and west. Uh, all great rides. Welcome back to the Sound Rider Show. Uh, talking about some things that uh, you can do in the wintertime, fall and wintertime here. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times we do an interview segment, but Tom and I feel like you'd rather listen to us talk about all of our great suggestions for motorcycling in the Pacific Northwest, things to do this winter. So we're going to get right into it. Tom, what's the first one on your list there? Well, you know, winter is a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't really start till December 21st, but let's just yeah, consider true. November winter anyway. Fall and winter. Well, let's you know. say you're listening to this on November 29th. We're almost there. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I mean, the fact is there's no international motorcycle show this year. Be sure to yeah. tell all your friends because they don't know that yet. You need to tell them. Right. And uh, so, so I thought, well, let's do this segment where we talk about some things we could be doing other than the International Motorcycle Show. And uh, I pushed uh, the two of us to come up with five ideas each. Some of them might be a little crazy to yeah. you, but uh, yeah, there's one or two you could probably bite into. So. Well, pushing the boundaries here on the Sound Rider, so that's what we like to do. Exactly. Yeah. So the first one I got here is uh, in March, it's going to be the Spokane Motorcycle Show. Okay. Or actually, it's called the Inland Motorcycle Show, right. held in Spokane, out on the fairgrounds. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a little more homegrown type show. Yep. It's it's 
kind of like what we saw in Portland last year with the Honda shop. It's like the the shops bring in their own inventory, and there's no big corporate trucks hanging around. There's no big insurance companies. And uh, and we're gonna have a little ten by ten booth. Nice, gonna be out there again this year. Yeah, good. It's not, you know, it's 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 a good place, and especially you got all these new models coming out, and by March, maybe some of these new BMW models are gonna be around. You'll Which be able to see Westside Motorsports there, and they'll have them out there. And also, March, of course, is a great time to get out and take sort of that first longer ride. A lot of times, the weather starts to come around a little exactly. bit. Exactly. If it's a mild winter, you probably, if you live out in the Puget Sound, you probably be able to ride over the pass and yeah. go out to the show. Or if you're coming from northern Idaho, you can shoot across the uh, the border there and yeah. uh, get into Spokane. But hopefully uh, that continues to grow. We talked to the organizer there. I'm blanking on his name a little bit. Chris. Chris. We talked to him last year on the show, of course. And, uh, you know, little by little, it always takes a little bit of a groundswell to get these things going. So we wish him a lot of success this year in March. Exactly. And, Next you year. know, most actual shows, the nice thing about them is you can go out, and if you want to sit on a Ninja 300, yeah. a BMW 300, and a Honda 300, sure. you could do it all in one place. And that's nice. So, uh, yeah, definitely. You could get your show yaws out that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a great suggestion. Now, my first suggestion here on the list is uh, in, during the wintertime is to learn how to ride in the sand. And why is that? So the reason that I suggest that during the winter time is because the sand is a lot firmer in the winter. So oh, is that yeah, so? Right. So in the summertime, when the sand heats up, it gets very loose. It gets it's a it's much more difficult. But when you get a little firmer pack, I feel like maybe there'd be a good time to sort of ease your way into it. So you learn yeah. on the harder stuff, and then as it starts to heat up and that sand starts to loosen up, or maybe you go south then you can sort of build your skills accordingly. Maybe I could come up with a route from, uh, say, like uh, Snoqualmie Pass yeah. to Spokane, and it's all in sand. Right. So what you do is you head out to the West Coast. You go up the beach. Oh, and yeah. Then, right, and you then can do you that too. skirt across. But I was just thinking, you know, how to get to the Spokane Motorcycle Show. Sure, through the sand. sand. Yeah. yeah. Are, are there any dunes? I'm trying to think. Are there any dunes? There's uh, some stuff cool? out there. Yeah. Now, some, some of it's on the Yakima. Uh, right. Uh, military training area, so you're not getting in there. Okay. Well, that was, there goes my next tip was to go visit the Yakima military training area. But oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, there's great. Obviously, you can take classes. The guys sound like at uh, Dirt First here in the Washington area. They yeah. teach uh, off. They got a piece and, of property with yep. some sand in it, so so you can do that. They teach year round as well. Um, or if you just get out and uh, you know, you can go down to. Uh, Long Beach here in southwestern uh, Washington. Well, before you go do your own thing, if that's what you want to do, I would say get something like a Gary LaPlante book or something yeah. and study up on it first yeah. and then go practice the techniques. Don't just go, well, Derek sure. said go ride in the sand, so I'm going to try it. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think sometimes just taking my advice at face value is a good suggestion. <laughs> but <laughs> And but it's no, free. Right. <laughs> you get what you pay for, certainly, folks. But no, you're absolutely right. You know, Study the technique a little bit uh, and go down in full gear and just take it slow, but build up your skill set. That's one area. Sand can be very intimidating, and uh, it's one area that when people look at things like the uh, you know the backcountry discovery routes, especially in southern states like Utah and Arizona, you will hit some sand, and uh, it's good to kind of know those skills, I think. So what's your tip for riding in the sand? Uh, well, I think uh, basic tips are to get up on the pegs and get your weight back a little bit on that rear wheel so you maintain traction. Also, don't dump the throttle or you will dump the bike. Yeah. Yeah. And my tip to add on with that is keep that throttle steady. Yeah. About 10, 15 miles an hour. Right. 
when you're into deep stuff. And don't slow down too much because then it's over. Yeah. You know, I was down – this is uh, a little side here, but uh, last summer I was down in Long Beach, Washington, and uh, I had ridden, of course, the DR350. Now, when you get out towards the water, that sand is packed a little bit harder, which is kind of mimicking this winter time here. So it's really – I mean, you can go, honestly, 40 or 50 miles an hour out there. It's packed so hard. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's not the kind of sand you want people to learn how to ride on. You no. want them to learn how to ride out in a desert when that's, there's a sand patch out That's there. right. But yeah. the point I was uh, I'm going to make here is that – as you move from the water and the hard pack closer towards the uh, sort of the road that leads you to the beach, the sand gets softer and softer and softer. Right. So you're going to be in full beach mode for you know a good stretch there, which is a good place to practice. Uh, the DR350 is nice and light. I went down the beach. I came back, and a guy had just dumped his uh, 1200GS in his shorts and flip-flops on the beach oh, there. Nice. So uh, I gave him a hand to get his bike back up. And then I took back off on the DR350 there. But beaches can be a good training area. So Make sure you send me that picture for the uh, photo contest. <laughs> okay. Uh, my next one is uh, we did an article on where the moto museums are. Yeah. And uh, get out to a couple moto museums this fall and winter. Sure. And uh, there's a lot in the area, and uh, you don't have to take your motorcycle to go and enjoy a lot of these. No, you could do some of these in your car if you want. Yeah. You so take the ski lift. Do you oh, ha- no. <laughs> Not yet. Do you have a favorite uh, out there, one that you would recommend regardless of where you're at, that uh, you know maybe you should take a weekend and go and check it out? Mm, well, I haven't been – you know, what I really need to do is go catch up on a couple. Like I yeah. haven't really seen what's happened with the Hinshaw's collection because sure. Ron doesn't own the shop anymore, and I don't know – I know that some of those bikes got sold. I don't know if he's added more. So I'd like to go check that one out. Uh, I checked out the Hillsboro one in nice. October. And uh, that's a really nice collection in there. Cool. So, uh, uh, you know, and these are all, most of these are free to walk in the door. Right. I mean, if you go to Wham, you're going to pay, but hey, pay, because there's a good collection in there. Yeah, Same thing definitely. with Trent Dealey, pay, you know. Absolutely. Up in Vancouver or down in the, uh, the Columbia River Gorge and Hood River, both good suggestions there. Yeah, there's um, this one over in Idaho that's kind of really under the radar. It's just, you've got to really dig even to get the address for it, but... Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that we talked about it, I think, last month about, you know, considering the population density here in the Pacific Northwest, there, uh, Pacific Northwest, there are a ton of great museums. So yep. get out there and explore a little bit. Um, so my next uh, suggestion here, and of course, this is, I don't know, this is a little, a blanket here, and it's not specific to motorcycling, but if you are going to get into more aggressive riding, you know, off-road, or even if you're going to get more aggressive riding uh, street-wise, um, it's a good time just to kind of maintain your physical condition to get ready for the next official riding season here. So getting in shape, you know, if you're going to do off-road stuff, long days on the pegs, it'll really take a number on your quads. Um, Or even if you're just going to be on the bike, you know, being in physical condition or dropping a few pounds if that's what you need to do. Wintertime can be a very difficult time to do it, but oftentimes the best time to do it. Yeah, well, yeah, life advice all the time. Yeah, really, but. absolutely. But that can really improve your riding, though. Yeah. You know, and it can sort of it can reduce sort of that intimidation level for some of those longer trips and that kind of thing if you're in better shape. So I know it's more about life advice, but uh, that's one thing that you can focus on in the winter time. Back in the archive, we have an article, uh, a free weight workout. Yeah, and the nice thing about that free weight workout is that uh, uh, it's a it's a nice way to keep yourself toned up sure and it's also really good for uh, helping you with your balance right so which is obviously very important in motorcycling you know we're not going to have you pack on 20 pounds of muscle and 
you know, it's not going to happen with a free weight workout, but at least you're going to be toned up and be able to pick your bike back up if it falls over or yeah. whatever. So just yeah. general thing. And you know, the, the, really the genesis of that is you don't want to lose any of those summertime months just because you're out of shape and you're exhausted, you know? So just to kind of maintain that throughout the winter or uh, even maybe step up your game a little bit so that as soon as the nice weather hits, you can get on that bike and you can go. And you're confident and you're right. riding well. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. Good yeah. point. Okay. Um, hey, you need another motorcycle show. This one will actually be in January, but head on up, get your passport, go over the border, and go to the Vancouver Motorcycle Show, which is not in Vancouver. It's in Abbotsford. Interesting. But uh, it's fun to go because uh, it's a really busy show. Right. And um, they do have, from time to time, a few things that you're never going to see in the United States. Not that often anymore. That's true. Uh, they do get different colors up there, so if you're thinking maybe I want to paint my bike black, uh, maybe you'll see it in black right. up there, and uh, you'll you know can... what it might look like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, nice people, also very homespun, like the like the Inland Motorcycle Show, but a pretty good turnout from year to year, right? I mean, they yeah, do... and all day. Yeah, that thing is like cooking all day. It used to be when we had the motorcycle show here in Seattle, it would be busy in the middle of the day and then kind of die off about two three p.m. Right cooking all the way down until they close up the doors at night then it's always good to you know i think with the exchange rate right now you can go up there and make a weekend out of it and uh, enjoy life in bc for a couple of days uh, yeah in fact when we've done it in the past we stayed overnight and right there in abbotsford yeah and there's some real good restaurants i think they got an earl's right in there they got some other good places nice. so there's good food around up there so well, that kind of leads me into my next uh, suggestion, which Vancouver might not be uh, – or the Vancouver area might not be the, the biggest trip. But if you are thinking about taking a long motorcycle road trip, go ahead and start that planning now in the wintertime. So start evaluating your gear. Start evaluating your routes. And uh, you know, start putting it all together. That way you don't lose, again, uh, any of that early – season riding weather and also you don't waste any time you know making sure that the bike's in good condition and that kind of stuff start making a checklist start looking it over start getting your riders together your vacation time plan and start putting together your agenda for that big trip you're going to take it's a good point and and you know push yourself to do one or two rides every month right. starting in like april yeah so that when you get on the bike in july to go to the rally or, or yeah. in august that's not your first time on the bike that right year yeah because um, you enjoy it a lot more, your body will be more uh, adapted to it, and also you'll be confident. You know that your toolkit is in uh, good, con- you know, good condition and ready to go. You'll know that you've got just the right amount of gear. You don't start strapping on backpack and uh, duffel bag after duffel bag and look like, uh, you know, you're taking an 18 wheeler down there. And you just you can ease into it. You know, you're ready to go, and uh, that all comes from proper planning. So start looking at that stuff now. Yep. And, and speaking of which. Um our 2017 dates are announced for the rally. Right. Uh, Cafe to Cafe will be all summer. Can't wait. The um, Sasquatch will very likely happen early in June, and the road trip tour will likely happen early in May. Nice. So uh, I don't have the specific dates picked out yet, but people are pushing me to do it. Yeah. I want to do it, but we'll get there. Well, people, you know, let's just get ready. Quit your job and start partaking in all of these events that we've got coming up. I mean, uh, cafe to cafe, you could spend half a year doing that, and uh, you'd never see the same road twice. Yeah, yeah, except your driveway. Except your driveway. Well, I figured you'd sell the house when you leave, and you'd put up stakes uh, somewhere new. But uh, 
Good stuff, definitely. What uh, do you have the dates for the rally handy here? I know we're always in uh, it's, the end of August, uh, August twenty third through the twenty seventh of twenty seventeen. All right, and our you t- could sign up today online. Okay, that if was going to be my next. Same question. thing with Cafe to Cafe. You could sign up today. Yeah, and we always encourage it. So head over to uh, Soundrider dot com and check that out. So uh, this one's kind of a generic one, but. Um, you know, if you're if you're thinking about uh, for next year, you want to you want to do a couple things to your bike and maybe have some modifications done by your dealer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, now would be a really nice time to do them because uh, this is not the busiest time for dealers, and they could use the revenue. And it's not a big deal to you. Uh, you know, your bike won't be if if they had your bike for two or three weeks, it wouldn't matter, right? But if you think you're going to get you know some some new mapping done on your fuel injection or something, and you want to do that in uh, May, forget it. They're they're all slammed by then. So yeah. take care of these things now, and you help them out through the winter months. Yeah, which uh, a lot of times too, you know, uh, depending on the shops you go to, some shops offer discounted service rates in the winter time. Um, but it's a good idea, like you said, to get in there and get those updates done. And like we talked about earlier, you know, you upgrade the firmware, right? Yeah. Get the uh, new and latest software. But not software. off the cloud. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not off the cloud, not yet. But a great suggestion, I think. Do you have anything that you're eyeing for your bikes that you're going to get done this winter, do you think? Uh, I was going to wash one of them. <laughs> I know. Mine needs that too, but <laughs> I, might, I might put that off until the summer. No, I, I got my bikes scars. where I like them. What I'd like to do is sell a couple of them. Right. But the three that I want to hang on to, they're pretty much dialed in where I like them. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, them. absolutely. But in case anything goes awry while you're out riding uh, this wintertime, just know that uh, the local dealers are out there and ready to help. Yep. Right. So the next one that I have, uh, you know, we talked about um, riding in the sand and that kind of thing. If sand, you know, isn't your uh, isn't on your sort of skill bucket list, I do suggest that you pick one skill. And you try to develop it throughout the winter time. I wrote about this, I think, in one of the articles last winter. But uh, one of the great things that they used to talk about uh, for Michael Jordan, I know basketball isn't motorcycling, but every off season he would try to develop a new skill. So particularly when he came back from his baseball retirement, he had developed this turnaround fadeaway jumper. And even though he wasn't as strong and as fast as he used to be, he was still killing people with 30 points a game. And that's because in the off season. He would work on one thing to add to his game. So whatever it may be, if it's sand, that's great. If it is you know, some just off-road riding skills, if it's cornering, if it's braking, get together some literature, read up on it. And this is something that you can do on those cold days too. So even if it's 25 degrees, if it's sunny and dry, you can head out for a half hour. You can take a buzz around town. You can work on your braking. You can work on your cornering. And you can go home and have a nice hot cup, cup, cup of coffee and so- not worry about it. So what we're finding in a lot of the crash statistics uh, here in the Pacific Northwest is that most of the uh, solo crashes happen because people don't know how to corner. Right. So learn learn the technique of the delayed apex. Sure. Learn the technique of the uh, horizon line mm-hmm. out there. And also work on uh, just in general knowing – you know, how to uh, enter and exit, you know, whether it's, you know, applying the brakes, yeah. getting your speed management under control, That's right. uh, not freaking out if uh, you do come around in the corner and you do have to get on the brakes, how to straighten that bike up and get that thing slowed down in as short a distance as possible. There are a lot of skills that you can learn, and sometimes these half-hour increments, 
you know, in the summertime. Get a good David Huff book. Exactly. Yeah. Proficient and you can read a couple of pages at yeah. a time and then go ride. And- well, and sometimes too, it can be better in the wintertime because in the summertime, we feel like we need to spend all day out there and you can exhaust yourself. Uh-huh. And one thing with any practice is that good practice is much better than bad practice. So if it's in these half hour increments, if you get a little motivation, boom, you get up there, you work on your cornering or your sand or whatever it is, you can really dedicate the time to perfecting the skill which can pay big dividends in the uh, warmer months. And I, I notice that um, now when I get on the bike and ride, like, I, okay, so I don't commute much in the winter, so sure. I don't ride that much in the winter. And when I get on the bike and I start riding again in the spring, uh, you know, a lot of stuff is just like innate now. Yeah. Because I, I've studied it and practiced it right. so much. It's just in my blood. And I'm much better at cornering and not having to think a lot about it. Yep. But realizing after I come through a corner, hey, I did that pretty good. Or realizing uh, when you go out and you ride with other riders that you are miles ahead of them because your skills are so much more proficient that just over an hour ride, you put up, you know, 10 miles in the lead of them. Yeah, that's why I don't ride with those guys. I know. Well, just <laughs> – we could we could probably do an entire segment about uh, the benefits of riding solo yeah, and how exactly. joyous that is. But you do sometimes notice those skill discrepancies when you ride with other riders. Um, but again, pick a skill. Develop it. Focus on it. Working on it. You can even do a skill a month or every two months, but uh, that's a good way to keep the bike running and uh, to keep your mind running in the wintertime. Yep. All right, another thing you could do with your bike in the wintertime yeah. is uh, I know a lot of you guys out there have vacation homes up in the snow country, sure. and you got a dirt bike laying around. Timber sled that. Timber puppy. sled that. Absolutely. That's a, uh, that's a great invention there. Um, that, those guys are out in Idaho, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's where they're based. Yeah. The then they got bought guys. by Polaris. They were bought by Polaris. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, that seems like a natural fit. So so I want to see more timber sled bikes, and eventually we'll do the uh, Sasquatch timber sled right. ride through I'm the Cascades. I'm looking to that. Now, that's just in case people aren't familiar with what the timber sled is. Essentially, you replace your back wheel with something that is a little more treaded, like a snowmobile tread. A tractor. Yeah. And it's then, a tractor configuration. And then you put a ski on the front. And you put a ski on the front. Right. That's right. So it is uh, – And I'll bet the whole thing requires a whole lot of learning balance. I would imagine so, yeah. That you don't normally use with a motorcycle. Now, what do, you, do you just go in your ADV suit or do you get a snow suit? No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shorts and flip-flops. Oh, that's yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Per, that makes perfect sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, climb, they came out of the snow industry. Yeah. So, you know, if you got a climb suit, I'm sure that you're dressed right. Yeah. But uh, I would... I, I would, think so, yeah. You know, I, mean, I think you'd be fine in your ADV suit. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some heated gloves on there. Yeah, you want to put on some uh, down underwear, I don't care. Right. You know. <laughs> down underwear. And new in the Sound Rider store. So, uh, handcrafted here in Seattle. <laughs> Well, that would be a, a great time, though, to see the Sasquatch uh, timber sled tour. I hope that someday that comes to fruition. So, uh, yeah, but like, if I'm taking my bike apart yeah. and I need to know how to put it back together again later, sure. what am I going to need to read yeah. to do that? Well, that's a great transition into my last point here, which is to read your manual. Uh, your manual for your motorcycle is a trever- <laughs> treasure trove of information, which should not be surprising. But really, how many of us out here have spent the time to kind of – read it page for page or flip through it and that kind of thing. Uh, in the wintertime is a great time to do that because you probably won't be spending as many hours on the bike, so it's good to learn as much about it as possible. 
Yeah, you you might find out a few things about your bike you didn't know. There's, it's amazing what's in there that you don't, you know, just the little manual that you carry on the bike. There's well, stuff in there that you didn't know. It's true, and you know what? It simplifies things uh, quite a bit. A lot of people uh, get into motorcycling, more and more, too, and they don't have really any sort of background in, you know, whether it's dirt biking as a kid or go-karting or aviation or whatever it may be. A lot of people are just attracted to the adventure of it. And that is one thing that I hear a lot about is sort of that intimidation level is, well, if I do go a long way from home, what happens if, uh, you know, what happens if I need to, if my headlight goes out or what happens if I need to change a tire or what happens if it's making this noise, you can find a lot of that information in your manual. So bust it out and uh, read it up, read up, read through it. All right. Well, listen, I tell you what, you're tying in with one of my tips and tricks, too. So what we'll do is we'll take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to do our tips and tricks, and we're going to pick this conversation up. Can't wait. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Rich's Custom Seats. Do long days on the road take their toll on your body? That's because stock seats and generic aftermarket seats don't fit anybody. Have your motorcycle seat custom fit to your body. Improve your ergonomic positioning and enjoy long days in the saddle with a Rich's Custom Seat. Just a ferry ride from Seattle. Experience a Rich's Custom Seat today. Hello, this is Paul Rogers with Henshaw's Motorcycle Store here in Auburn, Washington, and you are listening to The Sound Rider Show. Hi, I'm Greg from Goldendale, Washington. Only lived out here a year, but there's all kind of great roads to ride, and I haven't found them all yet. final segment here on the sound rider show and we teased it on the exit of the last segment a little bit here we're doing tips and tricks and tom i think you got something that ties into our last point about reading the manual what's going on yeah so you were talking about reading the manual Mm -hmm. and my tip uh, this month is buy the shop manual for your bike interesting yeah you know buy the bible sure um you may not be able to do that if you have a 1972 something or other. That's true. But uh, all modern-day bikes, some of them even have just a CD-ROM you can get. Yep. Uh, in fact, some dealers, I know of a dealer, who will give you a CD-ROM for your bike for no charge. Really? Yeah. Where Can we mention this dealer? Or is uh, that... No, you can ask me on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. 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 If you want to know, I'll tell you. But um, the contact is directly here. But that is uh, – to have the actual documentation, I think, is uh, is very important, right? Yeah, it is because um, when you get – you get into these new bikes and you start peeling them apart, even if they're a naked bike, mm-hmm. just getting the, the right sequence of how yeah. to get to the battery right. is like crazy. And it's not very well explained sometimes in the regular little small hand manual. Yeah. But uh, when you get when you get the full shop manual, then you get the full meal deal. Plus, you're going to get torque ratings. Right. You're going to get uh, information on maybe a tool or two that you need to buy in order sure. to accomplish this. So, uh, uh, really, really handy, and also a good thing to have around when you go to resell the bike. Absolutely, and you know, you talked a little bit about you know you might be able, not be able to find some of the stuff for older bikes. There also are a lot of, uh, if you do some Google searching, you can find some PDFs sometimes too for the actual manuals if they aren't in existence anymore. And sometimes you can download them and print them out. 
Yep. So just to have the information, however you get it, go out there and find it. But, you know, not directly related to my tip and trick here, but you talk about tools, and maybe this is something that I should have known, but I was doing some work with uh, Jesse Murphy on my bike uh, last month in October. Mm-hmm, that's uh, a Truett Motorcycle that's right, Education. Yep. Yeah. So we were going back to front on the old DR350, and we're taking off some of the side panels there. And he said, uh, well, it looks like somebody really did a number on the screw that was holding the uh, side panel on. A little chipped up and rusted. Well, it was me. I did that. Oh. And it's because I've been using a Phillips screwdriver on it. But Oh, and not a JAS type. Exactly. Head. Yeah, and not a ah. JAS. And this is something that I have only heard about sort of in the periphery because uh, I do a lot of the work on the motorcycle myself. Um but apparently there is a it's you know it's not a Phillips screwdriver it's something that looks like it has sort of the standard uh, the star pattern to it yeah but uh, it's specifically designed uh, I guess I don't know for motorcycles but out of uh, Japanese OEMs anyway right use these a lot and they're a little more flat tipped and they don't strip out yep right they fit into the uh, the head of the screw much better exactly they don't have the 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 real circular end on them they're right a little flatter so did you get yourself a set. Uh, I haven't yet, so okay, I just because they're hard to find. Right, you don't have to dig on the internet. That's going to be something because we I don't... try to get them in bulk right. to sell them, and we couldn't get mass quantity on. Really, them. so we're unable to sell them on our store. And there's only one or two people that we found on the internet that they even have them. Sure, uh, we've been to some other supplier sites, and we can't find them there. So once you get them, they they're standard bits, so right. they fit into your. Your, uh, your interchangeable your, sort of socket-style screwdrivers yeah. or wrenches, yeah. whatever you may have. I've got a set here. Well, that's good to know. But I'm not going to let you take them. Right. You rent them out. <laughs> contact, uh, contact Tom by email if you want yeah, to rent his set. Yeah, get your rentals yeah. here. <laughs> 30 bucks an hour. Um, but one thing that uh, Jesse had mentioned, and I didn't do any research to verify this, but he actually he mentioned to me that the Phillips head screwdriver was designed uh, to be used by Cadillac uh, the car manufacturer, and the idea is that the uh, screwdriver will actually sort of will buck out of the head of the screw. So it was for automation. So once these Phillips heads would go on the assembly line into the screw and turn, mm-hmm. once they got torqued to the right turn, they would skip out. Oh, yeah. Right? And then the machine would know to pull back. Right, and then the machine would know to pull back. So oh. that was – this is, again, this is from Jesse, which I have no reason to doubt it, but I didn't do any independent Jesse's research Jesse's like here. a walking Wikipedia. I, I tell you what, this guy knows a lot about motorcycles, but I thought that was a very interesting factoid and yeah. uh, kind of tied in nicely to your point there. But to digress from that and to get to my tip and uh, trick for the month here, one thing that I've been doing, I do a lot of outdoor activities, and I've been trying to, to build sort of a, a winter, all-season – gear selection right so Mm -hmm. i've been doing that mainly for backpacking but there's also a lot of crossover into motorcycling especially in colder weather uh because layers are something that go a long way when you're going to be out there riding so heated gear is great of course that's not something you can do in your backpacking and motorcycling you can but also having layers because you're going in and out of the mountains up and down in elevations the sun's shining it's not it's great to be able to peel those off a little bit and you could even sort of take some inspiration if you go to some of these mountaineering sites, like uh, groups that will guide like Rainier or Everest. They have some nice gear breakdowns about things like glove liners and mm-hmm. puffy jackets and base layers. And a lot of that stuff will work for motorcycling. So you may have your ADV suit, but if you're looking for some things to kind of put underneath it, you can kind of do a little cross-referencing there, 
get down to the outdoor store and uh, or do some you know Google searching or head on over to the uh, Soundwriter store where we've got some great synthetic bass layers and start to sort of build that cold weather arsenal a little bit so yeah. you can get out there and ride. The whole idea is if you do break a sweat, that the water transports away from your skin so right. you don't keep losing your body heat. Yes, because that is one thing. Moisture management is as important as anything else in temperature management. Um, so you want to make sure, though, that uh, you've got the right gear and you can really get yourself to be pretty comfortable on the bike, too, which is great on uh, sunny days like we have here today. Yeah. Yeah. A nice sunny day. It never rains in Seattle. It never rains in Seattle. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our November 2016 show. And uh, we hope you join us again in December. We want you to ride safe. We want you to ride often. And don't ride like my mother. And don't ride like my mother either. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you in December. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of mixed media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.